1: It is always a joy for me to be with you every Sunday morning. I am happy that you tuned in. Okay, today's packed show, Investing, Investing, and Gross Rent Multiplier. Wow, what's that? Well, in studio, to share with us her exciting news is the premier realtor from Compass in Hinsdale. Yeah, that's Ann Pancato. Also, what should you look for in a remodeling proposal contract? Wow. In studio is to let us know about the key points and the fine print of those contracts. Is the president of design and renovations. Yeah, that's David Cesario. Also, financial plan versus a budget. What's the difference? In studio, with her great advice as always, is the premier financial coach. For, uh, she's also the president of legacy wealth. Yeah, that's Liz Todorovic. And the myths versus reality about appraisals. Me, Randy Barcella. I'll share with you some great information about that and dispel the myths versus reality. And don't forget, everybody, we're live. 312. Six four two fifty six hundred. 642 Yeah, that's 312 642 Call in, say hello. So, uh, Ann Pancato, happy Sunday morning.
2: Happy Sunday, everyone. Okay, so today we're going to talk about investing, investing. And I think, especially today, um, is interest rates have gone up. There's a lot of people where to put their money. They want to invest because... The rents now are so high, it's hard to find rental property. It's hard to find investment property because we have multiple offers on the uh, the investment properties because you're getting more money by buying investment properties than putting it in the bank. So there are so many people who want to know where to put their money. Well, you have to work with an agent who does a lot of commercial, residential, and multifamily or uh, whatever the investment is to make sure that you're going to have a good return on your money. And one of them is figuring out the rate of return, is using the calculations for GRM. GRM is a gross rent multiplier. So the the formula allows you to quickly evaluate multiple properties in a given market. You want to use the GRM to rough calculate, how much the the operating expenses, which include the cost of vacancies, property maintenance, um, is going to be for the multiplier, such as there is a multi-unit, and I'm going to give you an example, and then I'll explain what the cap rate is. So there is a property on Harlem. As a matter of fact, it's under a contract. It was on the market for almost a year, just like a lot of other uh, multi-unit properties that have been on the market, and now they're all quickly selling. If you go into... The, the MLS, I mean, out of 20 properties, there's 18 of them are under contract. And they've been on the market for some of them for a couple of years. But that's because it's so absorbed now because people want to invest their money. They don't want to put it in the bank anymore because you're not you're not getting anything for uh, for your money. So you want to take your money and you want to use it to to accumulate, to make a profit and to uh, invest. So your money goes somewhere. So. This property on Harlem was a million. is a million one. There is uh, six units. So out of the six units, the the rents are kind of low. So when you're calculating, if, if these properties have been in the market for a while, let's say two plus years, the rents are going to be low because in the last twelve months the rents went up so high. I mean probably now even $500 a unit from what it was two years ago. So you have to explain to your client that the projection of the new rents are going to be much higher. So you want to calculate what the rents are, the current rents in any given market. Any town that you You want to do the surrounding towns, uh, the surrounding town with all the, the units to, to give you with the current rental uh, uh, prices, because a lot of these rents, are still low, so if you take the uh, the gross rent multiplier you're going to look at this building for a million one 000, 000. the gross rental income is eighty uh ninety two thousand one hundred the gross rent multiplier is eight so you're going you're getting six percent on your money so you're going to take a million one 000, 000. you're going to times it by point zero eight to get eighty eight thousand dollars eighty eight thousand dollars return on your event that's seven and a half percent return on your investment or a little bit higher every year. Nice. Where where can you find that in the bank? You can't. So this is why um, buying investment property is so hot right now, because this is where people are making their money. Um, It's more safe, they feel, than buying stock, because the stock market is... I've always liked investment
1: properties in real estate.
2: Very questionable. So you do want to use that gross rent multiplier to figure um, what your investment's going to be. People also use cap rate. So a lot of investors, when they're talking about commercial uh, buildings, they're going to ask the agent, what is the cap rate? They want at least a 7% cap rate, they feel, to make money. But there's a lot that are, right now, that are 5%. If it's 5%, it's still a good investment. So you're going to look at the net operating income, which is also called NOI. So a lot of people in commercialists will say, what's the NOI? The NOI is the amount of money left after expenses before the mortgage payment that tells you how much money you have left to pay your mortgage and what rate of return you are getting for your money. So you want to look at the cap rate. Um, The cap rate calculation should be used to compare similar properties in the same market um, for two reasons. The One is the income and property uh, prices vary between asset classes, such as residential and rental Versus office buildings, the cap rates are also different from city to city. So it just re- you really have to do your homework for your for your clients. You have to really research, do your homework, because you really want them to make a, uh, the right investment. There's one thing you don't want to do is make the wrong calculations, and then they buy the property, and then they're not making enough money to pay to pay all after all, all their expenses, and then they're upset. So you really want an agent like me who knows how to calculate, who knows where the good investments are. And right now we have a lot. So there's not a whole lot on the market because everything is going under contract. Um, but what we do have is a lot off-market. So our group, we do a lot of off-market for commercial. So if you are interested, give me a call because we have so many off-market portfolios, rental properties, properties big buildings, um, buildings, there's a couple of them that we have, you know, that we're sitting because what the price is from what the seller took out is not the financials don't match. So what we tell everyone, if the financials don't match, meaning if all the net operating income is not matching to the price where the list price is, it's probably main reason is because those rents those tenants have been in there a long time, and the rents have not uh they're, they're not getting what they, what they what the what the market tells the, tells them they should be getting because the sellers some of them have it on the market and they don't care to they have no one working for them to say listen, the rents should go up from let's per se fifteen hundred dollars a month to Nineteen hundred dollars a month. They have no one working for them to tell them what the current rents are, so you really need someone to work that knows what they're doing because you want to give the projections. The projections are: listen, this is the the uh, it's the the lease is becoming expired, so it's fifteen hundred, but you can raise them to nineteen hundred because most people know if they're paying a low rent. They know that what the, what the current rents are, and you're going to get it. You're going to get the current rent because there's nothing, else to, there's nothing else for them to rent. And all the buildings should get what the current rents are. And some of them are high. That's why you have to go into different locations and really do your research.
1: And so, Ann, how can somebody get a hold of you if they want some great information on calculating uh, gross rent multipliers and cap rates on investment properties? I love the interest that they're getting.
2: Give me a call. 630-479-4393 again 630-479-4393 go to pancado realestate.com randy's Real com. give us a call we are definitely and have been for 30 plus years residential and commercial specialist give and we're call. working
1: right after the show here this morning thank you and pancado And speaking of great information, uh, yeah, speaking of great information, moving right along here, we've got the president of design and reservation, uh, renovations, yeah, David Cesario, and he was talking about what you should look out for in remodeling proposals and contracts. David, good morning.
3: Good morning, Randy. Good morning, uh, Chicago. Uh, Randy, I put together a bunch of uh, um, a, a little list here of what um, our listeners should look for when they're entering into uh, a contract, but most important, when, when they have the proposal, what all should be in there. So first thing... And you know what, David, I, David, with- I don't
1: want to rush you at all. Uh, we're coming up to a quick commercial break. I'm just checking that right now. But stay on uh, with us, because uh, I, I think this is important. There's a lot of fine prints in these contracts of remodeling proposals. I'm Randy Barcella, your show host, and you're listening to the Real Estate Revealed radio show. Enjoyed every Sunday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. When we come back, more of David Cesario, the President of Design and Renovations...
0: You're listening to Real Estate Revealed with Randy Parcella. It's so
1: good, it's so good. feels so good to me. It's so good. And it's always so good to be with you every Sunday morning. Good morning, America. Yes, I am dancing the, the Soul Train line dance here <laughs> in the studio. Good morning, America, and welcome back to the Real Estate Revealed radio show. Um, right before the break, we were talking with... Uh, David Cesario, and he's the president of Design and Renovations, and this is a great topic. What should you look for in a remodeling proposal and contract? Because there's a lot of key points he's going to go over this morning with us, and there's fine print in those contracts, right, David?
3: Uh, yeah, there, 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 there is, and there really shouldn't be, so, um, you know... Uh, As a contractor, you need to really simplify it for the customers, but I put a list together here, Randy, of the really important factors that should be in there for our listeners. So number one is scope of work. This is to include everything that needs to be done from design to cleanup. This should include everything the contractor is, is responsible for and anything that the customer is responsible for. So does this include any design work, drawing, sketches? Allowances for items. What materials is the contractor giving me? Who is responsible for garbage removal? Do I have to hire a cleaning company? All of this should be in the scope of work, and really there should be no gray area as to who is responsible for this. All right, next is allowances. Any allowance allowance that is for materials that you choose, there needs to be a dollar amount associated with each material allowance. For example, You may not know if you want granite or quartz countertop, but you know that you need countertops. So there needs to be an allowance, and that would be per square foot in this case. And you have to make sure that the allowances are part of the total cost and not in addition to the cost of the contract. Okay, you want to make sure you have everything included in that total cost of the proposal and the contract. Again, no gray area. Um, next is, uh, does our, uh proposal include any design work, samples? Are they sending you out on a search and find mission for everything? Make sure you have a good understanding what your responsibilities are because time is money and it can be quite overwhelming having you pick out every item at several different locations and vendors while still keeping a proper budget. Next is specifications. What type of products are they offering? Are the cabinets high-quality cabinets? Is the flooring ceramic when you really want a travertine? Are the plumbing fixtures a certain brand and color? All of these should be in writing and be specified, and any allowance associated with that material item be called out and be included again in the contract. Very important for that, Randy. Um, And, again, payments. No contractor needs 50% down payment for a remodeling job. There are exceptions to this, but I'm speaking in terms of a larger remodel project in this case. There should be progressive payments in the proposal and contract. X amount of dollars uh, to purchase cabinets before they're ordered, X amount of dollars um, uh, after the cabinets are installed, etc. Again, must be in writing, and for the contractors, they need cash flow. That's a very fair thing. So a fair deposit should be asked for in a large uh, job to reserve the time slot and guarantee the contractor to add you to their schedule. All payments need to be tracked, whether you're paying um, and expecting waivers. A contractor statement is always needed. If there is a bank involved and a title company will ask, for waivers from the contractor and his subs. For me personally, Randy, I use what's called a job tracker. It's simple, it's a spreadsheet. Um, any payments or additions are added to that. It's it, it's simple and the customer knows exactly what has been paid and when and what is expected to be paid. Um it follows the proposal and a contract. So everything should be kind of intertwined when uh when you're doing this. Um few more uh scheduling. Make sure to have uh, the contractor add time frames to his proposal and the contract for each task um, or a general time frame for completion. This is what you both will adhere to unless there are any changes to the contract. And here's something that I don't like, Randy, I've never liked this. This is a real head-butter here for a contractor and and a homeowner. Uh, Change orders. Avoid them as much as possible. You want to make sure that you have everything included in that proposal and the contract and not need to add items as you go. This will get expensive. It will cost you more money than if you had it in the first place. Change orders are a nightmare for both customer and contractor. They will lead to a bad relationship, guaranteed. Save yourself money up front. Include everything you want in that proposal and contract, and don't leave any gray areas out. Hey, David. Last. David. Yes, sir. Are you ready for a caller? I sure am.
1: Yeah, um, looks like Will from Skokie's on the line here. Hey, Will, thanks for calling. What's on your mind?
3: How you doing, guys? I uh, just wanted to say I'm. Uh, I, I work in. I'm not going to get into it, but I, I have a, a tendency to uh, refer a lot of contractors to do work on houses and stuff like this. One thing you got to remember: any decent project, like more than a day, you know, more than just like changing out a disposal or something, the contractor, if he's a good guy, he's going to charge you for the quote. Because it takes time, it takes effort to put the thing together, as, as your guest was just specifying. And, you know, people are like, well, i got to pay for a quote. Yeah, you do. And if you're if you're getting a contract and it's just, you know, handwritten on some notebook paper and the guy's not quoting it, don't hire him. You know, there's always the two guys in a white panel van from overbite Air that'll do it cheaper. But, you know, they're not <laughs> <gonna give laughs>
1: that's you why that. we have a professional, <laughs> David Cesario.
3: Okay, have a good one. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Will. Yeah, you've got to have a reputation, right, David?
3: Well, you, you do, you do. I, I, you have to vet I, him. I uh, try to vet them, get get disagree. referrals. Yeah, and I respectfully disagree with Will. Um, you don't have to charge for that. That is a turnoff for a lot of people. And, and however, I do as a contractor understand it takes time. So, you know, there's always that relationship I talk about, right? And personalities either come together or they collide. So as a contractor and as a homeowner, you need to know, can I work with, the, with this couple? Can I work with this contractor? Okay, that's the first thing when you meet them. And if you don't have a good vibe, either, either party doesn't have a good vibe, you know what? It's probably not going to be a good vibe throughout the job, and it may not work. Um, So that's something that, you know, both parties need to consider and And, um, yes,
1: I I agree with you because a family is nervous, number one, (laughs) and they're trying to have strangers come in the house and it could disrupt their lives. So if you're not hitting it off with a personality up front, I agree. um, You're not going to work
0: out.
3: Oh we're we're we as a contractor we're an intrusion into everybody's home you know uh you you have to recognize that so you know how how can you be less intrusive right so you're going to be polite you're going to be clean you're going to be neat you're going to be all these things um and 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 that helps um to to kind of uh you know, resolve their anxieties about, about the project and just keep reassuring them along the way. Uh, Again, if, if, if you're, if you're a contractor and you know, you have so many jobs going on that, you know, you can't get to the jobs, you know, right then and there, that's not going to have a, you're just not going to have a good relationship with the customer because the customer wants to see progress. And David, and you know, Yes,
1: I've seen your website. It's really nice. And you have a lot of reviews. So I'm, I am I feel better with that, that you've been doing this for, I don't know, maybe 30 years and you've got a lot of reviews and testimonies. I love that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's important. You know, um, you know, I, I try to do that with each customer, um, you know, if, if 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 they if they can give you a review and. And stuff. That's probably the best uh, word of mouth that you can have, um, you know. And I think, uh, again, as uh, as a, a, as a customer, you're going to call, you know, my referrals, and you're going to ask them these questions. And that brings me to my last point, Randy. Questions. Do not be afraid to ask your contractor questions about anything that is associated with the contract and any work that is being done there is no question that is a dumb question you hire that contractor for his ability and expertise They should have answers or they should answer uh, any questions that you have or should schedule meetings for this um, and then give you progression reports on the job, you know, when you need them. So again, it's that whole relationship thing, Randy, back and forth, um, you know, but if you're not there to show up and do the work, you can, you can, you can throw out a contract. You can throw out anything. So, you know, for the contractors be there.
1: Yeah, David, I want, I want the audience to know that uh, if, if, they didn't have enough time to write down the key points on what to look for when somebody comes out and gives them a proposal. Uh, they can get a hold of you anytime, even right after the show. I know we're all working this weekend, but if you didn't get, you know, you get a chance to write all this down, and you're looking for home remodeling now, and a lot of people are instead of moving. There's key points you need to know about the process to keep this stress free for yourself. And David, how can somebody get a hold of you for your information?
3: Thank you, Randy. Uh, you can you can call me at eight four seven eight seven eight. One seven one five.
1: Repeat that again
3: eight four seven eight seven eight. One seven one five. Yeah,
1: and David Cesario is a big part of our Real Estate Revealed radio show, and if you go to the website realestaterevealed.com R-E-V as in Victor, E-A-L-E-D dot com, just click on right below David's photo, and it'll take you to his website. You can see a lot of examples before and after, but he's one of the guys in Northern Illinois that has a great reputation for design and remodeling. We're coming up to a quick break. I want to thank everybody again so much. Thank you so much for making us your Sunday habit, because without you, we are not here week after Month after year, and did I tell you, financial plan versus a budget? What's the difference? Well, we we're so fortunate to have in studio Liz Todorovic, and uh, she's gonna, she's going to go over some great details with us. We'll be right back.
0: Back to the show, sure to answer your questions about the real estate market. Real Estate Revealed with Randy Barcella.
1: America, to the Real Estate Revealed radio show enjoyed every Sunday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. I'm Randy Barcella, your show host. And uh, hey, if you want to ask a question, you need some great advice. Go on, just tell a joke. 312-642-5600. Yeah, we are live. 312-642-5600. Right before the break, financial plan versus a budget. What's the difference? Well, we've got in studio with her great advice, as she does all the time with us, is the premier financial coach, Liz Todorovic, and she's the president of Legacy Wealth. Good morning, Liz.
4: Good morning, Randy. Good morning, everybody. So it's uh, it's so exciting to be here today. Happy Sunday, everyone. So let's talk a little bit about financial plan versus a budget today. There are so many times people just think about, oh, I think I'm good. I don't think I need a financial plan. I have a budget. Well, most of the time people don't even have a budget. So first, let's talk about what the difference is. The budget is Pretty much it's a one point in time where you say, oh, I want to have a, mm-hmm. um, you know, a construction project done or a remodeling done or I want to go on vacation. It's one specific thing. And so you mm-hmm. you decide, OK, the flights are going to cost me X, the hotel is going to cost me X, how much money I need for spending money, um, et cetera. And you put it together and now you have a budget for a specific thing versus a financial plan. Typically, a financial or a good financial plan should address your lifetime. And more importantly, it should involve risk mitigation. A lot of times when we talk about budgets, we specifically talk about money only, like how much is going to cost me for this or that. Also, a budget is typically done for a short term or tactical within the one to three year maybe at the most. You're planning, like I said before, you're planning a wedding, you're planning a certain thing. A financial plan, it should be your financial blueprint for life. And you have to start talking about understanding, um, not just mitigating risk, because risk will come, right? Understanding, um, you know, those storms in life will come. Um, but also, more importantly, what happens if I, uh, if I, you know, die too soon? And what happens if I live too long, um, a f- good financial plan will look at will take a look at a comprehensive approach entirely to your entire financial situation understanding how much money comes in how much money goes out what's left if there is anything left right um a lot of times there isn't um, also it would look at your debt how much debt you have all oftentimes people for example we're talking about real estate right now and we're talking about uh, you know, where should you invest your money? Everything really uh, you should be look at versus what compared to what it depends, right? It, it really depends. Everybody's situation is different. So when it comes to debt, for example, as part of your financial planning, it th- people say, I have to pay off my house. Do you, though? Not necessarily. Like if you were lucky enough and you capitalized on a mortgage rate of 2.5% or 3% like last year or the past, I don't know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but probably for the past five years or so, we had a really good run rate with Interest rates, right? Oh, absolutely.
2: Well, (laughs) unfortunately, those times are going by.
4: (laughs) So if you have that, right, then you don't have to pay off your your house. You have to think about it. That's an emotional decision, maybe because, you know, part of something that you were raised and you grew up with and your parents never could pay off their house or it was uh, their dream. And now your life dream becomes, I have to pay off my house. But be careful because every single thing that we make a decision on in life, it's a trade-off. When you focus so much on maybe accomplishing one thing or getting one thing done, you're going to get into, unfortunately, the mistake of the, of uh, neglecting other things. And oftentimes, 10, 15 years later, you're going to wake up and you're going to realize, oops, You know, I made a mistake financially back then.
1: Let me tell you what I'm guilty of here. You're talking about making a budget. (laughs) Yeah. I go to the store, Uh uh, whether it's uh, one of my favorites, Pete's Fresh Market, Willowbrook. It's the giant store. It's got food from around the world. So I don't I I may really just need five things for my house. Yes. I go down every aisle, and I'm so excited. These items say, buy me, Randy, buy me. So instead of buying five things, I walk out with 20 things in my... Uh, so instead of spending 50, I'm spending 150. And and then here's another one for you. Outdoor World on the way to Wisconsin yesterday yes. in Gurnee. Yep. I go in there. Oh, it's like two or three football fields long. It's got boats. It's got clothes for every season. It's got <laughs> really? uh, uh, ATVs. There. It's got... Uh, carts it's got weapons it's got fishing stuff it's got clothes for every season and i walked out with six things and i didn't need to buy a darn thing when i went in there i get sucked in i i I should write a budget is that what you're saying Uh, write down on a piece of paper
4: (laughs) so definitely planning planning so i guess you were talking about good planning and again financial planning it's the same thing so budget you want to think about it it's a subset of your financial plan You're going to have your overall, your strategic plan overall, and then you're going to have your tactical budgets for certain projects. And you can have it uh, one to three years, which is your short term. There is a this midterm and then there is a a long term range, right? Typically, long term in a financial plan, Randy, we always look at your retirement the retirement, we consider it's the age 60 and beyond, right? Because- hey, Liz,
1: we're taking a quick break, and I don't want to mm-hmm. rush you at all. Sure. I know you have a couple more things to say. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for making us your Sunday habit and listen to the Real Estate Revealed Show radio show every Sunday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. I'm Randy Barcello, your shows. Hey, have you been out to the website? A lot of new things there, realestaterevealed.com, R-E-V as in Victor, E-A-L-E-D.com. When we come back, more of Liz Todorovic, the president of Legacy Wealth.
0: You're listening to Real Estate Revealed with Randy Parcella.
3: It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. It's not unusual to have fun.
1: With it's anyone. not unusual for us to have a blast and a lot of fun with our audience here every Sunday morning. Good morning, America, and welcome back to the Real Estate Revealed radio show. Enjoyed every Sunday morning, eight to nine a.m. Um, hey, if you want to see everybody in the studio, we're not only. Uh, have a website. We're on Facebook Live every week. Real Estate Revealed on Facebook. And the website is realestaterevealed.com. R-E-V as Victor. E-A-L-E-D dot com. We have biographies. We have testimonies. We have phone numbers for everybody. Emails. Um, I've got two years of free shows. A two years library of past shows. So if you miss any of the past shows, yeah, certainly get out there. But right before the break, Um, financial plan versus a budget and what great tips we're getting here from the premier financial coach, Liz Todorovic with uh, legacy wealth.
4: Yes. Good morning, Randy. So we're talking about financial plan versus a budget, a budget, again, just to reiterate, uh, it is a one point in time or one specific project. It is a subset of a good financial plan, a financial plan addresses. It's the, your financial blueprint for your life. And you must have one and you must understand what your goals are, where you're going to, because a target, uh, guess what? You know, if you don't have a target, you'll never hit it for sure. So um, the second thing I wanted to bring up, a uh, couple of things, uh, people think, what are some of the myths about financial plans? Some One myth is that it's so expensive. I can't afford that. Only fancy financial planners or financial advisors have them and they can do for them. And that is Partially true, but not entirely true. For example, we provide financial planning for our clients for free. It is part of extra value that I provide because I just want to build that long term relationship. The second I thing I love
1: that not a lot of financial planners have that free uh, advice. Correct.
4: Absolutely. Because we are a broker, you know, full disclosure, mm-hmm. I get paid by commission, obviously, but I work with over 100 companies. So I can provide the financial plan for my clients very easily for free. So um, and then the second thing I would encourage everybody um, to think about, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy. It could be just simple, but you must write down understanding your finances, where you're at and more importantly, where you're going Um, and you don't have to pay $2,000. And the last thing I want to say is just an example. Uh, One of my clients was 51 years old by creating a proper financial budget and sticking to it, financial plan and sticking to it. She was able to retire five years early, uh, which was her lifelong dream to retire early, which she never thought she could after the financial plan. Over the three years, she was able to save five years. So it makes a difference, you guys. And I,
1: what I love about you, too, is you don't, you're don't. you not one of the financial planners that says, if you have 500000 or more, call our no. team. No, it doesn't matter if you have a dollar, yeah. $100, or a million dollars. Liz Todorovic will help
4: 100%. you. 100%. If you have an income, I can help you. doesn't matter how much in debt you are. doesn't matter how little or a lot money you have. doesn't matter we don't charge. We're not here to judge so, you. So
2: how can someone get a hold of you, you. Liz? Fantastic.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the best way to get a hold of me is my cell phone, which is 847 area code nine seven seven nine seven zero two. You can go to my website, legacywatco.com, and you can schedule a free consultation with me on Zoom or in person. Or you can go to com and get my information.
1: Fantastic. Liz Todorovic, she's one of the best financial coaches I know. Hey, I Thank want to you, bring Andy. up some information here that uh, I had the pleasure of doing two seminars, question and answer and seminars at two real estate offices uh, this past week. And I, I'm, I'm starting up again with another office in Oakbrook uh, next week. But here was a big deal. Um, a lot of people think that if they're going FHA for a mortgage, that they're protected by the FHA and an FHA inspector is going to come out and call for repairs. No, wrong. Urban myth, everybody. FHA came out to the Chicagoland area. They were at the Sheraton and uh, the Lyle. Uh, Sheraton and Lyle. This is 26 years ago. And 26 years ago, HUD FHA came out and said, we are no longer in the calling for repair business. If your house complies with local building and zoning codes and there's no health or safety issues, you're fine. But this urban myth has procre- has really hung on there way too long, 26 years later now, when I called to do an appraisal. Oh, you're the FHA inspector. Wait a couple days. we got to get ready for you. I says, what? Oh, we got to put GFCI outlets kitchen and bathroom. That's FHA rule. No, it's not an FHA rule. You know, we got to put carbon monoxide and smoke detectors on each of the levels. That's FHA. No, it's not FHA. It's a state law or a city law. As a matter of fact, if you're on the FHA panel of appraisers and you call for smoke and carbon monoxide alarms, you will be removed from the FHA appraiser panel because then you're, you're putting yourself in the position of enforcing state laws. So I recommend highly when you go to buy a house, get a home inspection done. FHA insures the mortgage. They're not going to send out an FHA inspector. The VA does not have a VA inspector. The FHA, VA, and conventional appraisals are on one form, the 1004 form, and they all have the similar guidelines. If your house is in at least average condition and livable and all the utilities are working and there's no health and safety concerns, you're fine. So the urban myth was, um, in fact, now, because the rates are creeping up near 6% lately, you want to have your house available for fHA financing it 's really affordable it 's three and a half percent down VA is no money down uh, but here 's where um, I think it's, it was brought up to my attention that a lot of appraisers might only get three hundred or three hundred twenty five for the appraisal they 're working for an appraisal management company who 's charging the bank or the mortgage company four seventy five or five hundred so they're, the, the mortgage the management company is pocketing one hundred and fifty or more of the fee so the appraiser will make up repairs knowing that he or she will get away with it so they get come they get to come out for another $125 inspection fee. Uh, and that's wrong. So if any realtor or homeowner, you've got an appraisal that was done and you say that the appraiser called for a big checklist of repairs, tell the appraiser to copy and paste the sentences in the HUD 4000.1 guide guideline handbook that says you have to do it and you will do it. But if it's not in the HUD guideline, you don't have to do it. Nine out of ten times, the appraiser is putting up some uh, really information and they need some continuing education. Hey, we're coming up to a quick break. If you need any more information about FHA or seminars at your real estate office or mortgage company, call me. 708-870-9400. 708-870-9400.
0: Now, back to Real Estate Revealed with your host, Randy Parcella.
1: Welcome back to the Real Estate Revealed radio show, America. You're What a joy is it for us to be with you every Sunday morning. And thank you all so much again for making us your Sunday habit. If it's not for you, we are not here week after month after year later. And just to recap my topic right before the commercial break, um, if you're going FHA, don't be afraid to go FHA because the urban myth is there's an FHA inspector that's going to come out and call for repairs. FHA does not have inspectors and FHA does not call for repairs. uh,
2: Ann Pancotto. Yes, Randy, I'm so glad that you brought this up today because there's there's such a stigma about FHA and VA loans and it's the agents are not um, educating their sellers because the sellers are afraid to take them because they think that you know they're 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 going to have to do a lot of repairs and and everything that you've been saying and it's not true. FHA they're 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 great loans and sellers should not look at that because
1: and there's a lot of discrimination going on for years now, and I don't like it. They say, I don't want an FHA people. I don't want an FHA person. I'm not going with those types of people, FHA people. Well, wait a minute. They're buyers, number one. They could go FHA, VA, or conventional for the mortgage, they're human beings,
2: and they're and they're great. They're they're great mortgages. That's why they're like for veterans. You know, they should take advantage of that great mortgage that they worked so hard and fought so hard for our country for. Because oh, they're great loans, and no seller should be afraid to take them because there is that stigma, and it's just because they're not either they're not educated, and their agent is not educating them. Of what the different loans are yes. because they're great loans. Yes.
1: Every week, every other week, I'm going to real estate offices and mortgage companies doing training seminars and doing question and answers. So if you have any more questions about this, uh, <clears throat> call me or text me, 708 870 9400, 708 870 9400. To get out to the website, realestatereveal.com, R E V as in Victor, E A L E D.com. There's the phone numbers and email addresses for everybody on, on our show here. And so keep your. Uh, emails texts coming in because this is what we do everybody and you know me and our team we never come on the radio to sell you anything and we have never done that what we do is bring you valuable content and information to make your life better stress-free going into the real estate mortgage and financial planning uh, and it's just fabulous how the show has worked out i think we're on our 15th year now it's just amazing and thank you all so much um so if you want to get more information, uh, like I said, the website, realestaterevealed.com. If you want videos to see all of us in the studio, yeah, go to Real Estate Revealed on Facebook. Just some uh, great information there. And you know me, when I when I finished it, and if you missed today's show, any part of today's show, you want to re-listen to it? Tomorrow, Monday afternoon, go back to the website. There's a red bar that says, listen to past shows. I have two years a library of past shows that you can just easily click on. And so, hey, um, if you see me on Facebook, I do a lot of inspirational quotes every week, and I love to finish the show with really great inspirational stuff. And uh, here's one for you, everybody. Not all storms come to disrupt your life. Some storms come to clear your path, right? You see, your setbacks are simply a setup for favors to come. I know that. And you know what? No matter how bummed you are, um, defeated, uh, no matter how you feel, get up. Dress up, show up, and never give up, because you'll thank yourself one day for never giving up. And you know what? I I love this one here, too. Go where you are celebrated, not tolerated. Mm -hmm. You know, Get rid of all the negative people in your life. You see, if they can't see the real value in you, it's time for a new start. I love that. Sit with winners. The conversation's different. And here's one. The last couple of years, everybody's fighting uh, with uh, illnesses, maybe, and going after meds and vaccines. Health does not always come from medicine. Most of the time it comes from peace of mind, peace in heart, peace of soul. It comes from laughter and love. So moving forward, everybody, spend your time with a lot of positive people who really care about you. Have some laughter back in your life. Just really enjoy it. Um, and also, uh, don't forget, the, the website, realestatereveal.com R-E-V as in Victor, I want to thank the other co-hosts who are not here, but they'll be here next week. Yeah, Pat Canone, mortgage loan consultant from The Loan Depot. Vincent Riccio, the premier commercial and residential attorney. Paula Avenham, realtor from Caldwell Bank or Highland Park. Um, Natalia Zamarlik, interior architect and designer. Wow. Thank you all so much for making us your Sunday habit. Be well. Make it a great week, and I can't wait to see you here next Sunday morning.